All right, y'all, welcome back to Centric Sunday with your host, Sheree Shai Holmes. I am the business doula and my jam. What I love to do is help ambitious, spiritually minded women monetize their purpose, navigate solo business development, and break their financial glass ceilings. And today I have the lovely Monica Allen with us from Zeus's Closet, and she's going to share her journey through entrepreneurship with us, talk a little bit about her podcast so you guys can go over there and follow her and hear more about what she's doing because they got a lot of businesses. Her and her husband have a lot of businesses. And when I met her on Clubhouse, I was just like the humbleness that she had Um, Just so down to earth and willing to help and answer questions and go beyond. I was like, I got to have her on the podcast. So today she's gracing us with her presence. Thank you so much, Monica, for coming on today. Sharice, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. So tell us about Zeus's Closet. And if we have enough time, (laughs) tell us about the other businesses too and what you have going on. Okay, well, I'll take you back really quickly from the very beginning. Um, okay. When we first launched our business, my husband and I were, well, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Uh-huh. And we were both in a, I was in a sorority, he was in a fraternity. And we thought, oh, we should start this business where we sell fraternity and sorority gear online. And we'll call it Stuff for Greeks. So that's what we did. That's where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and that grew organically over three years. We never paid for a Google ad. It was completely word of mouth. And we grew like weeds. Um, but then customers kept asking us, why don't you all open a physical location? And we thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And eventually, we did have to move out of our home basement because we were growing so fast that we bought an office space and launched Zeus's Closet, which is an ode to Greekdom, but we do everything from movie TV industry, um, embroidered gear. We do businesses, churches, family reunions, individual um, clothing brands, just a variety of things now under Zeus's Closet. So that's kind of the very, very short, short version of the story. Okay. (laughs) That is such a beautiful uh, story. First of all, everybody loves to hear college sweethearts making it through and then starting a business together. That is so phenomenal. And then to just have done it all organically. Um, of course, you got to share like what fraternity and sorority you guys are a part of, though. You can't, do, you can't tell us that and not tell us what you guys are affiliated with. Okay, I'll tell you. I'm an AKA and he's a Kappa. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I, um, this is one that I think I didn't realize until I moved to the Midwest, because I grew up in California. The divine nine, y'all, I hadn't, I didn't know nothing about, (laughs) I didn't know nothing about it. And so when I was in California, I pledged Zeta Tau Alpha. um, But they like all the other divine nine, all that we didn't, I didn't know nothing about it. So it's so interesting, like when I'm out here now in Chicago, and people ask me what what sorority I'm a part of. And I say the name, they're like, "Mm." (laughs) I actually am familiar. I'm actually familiar. Okay. Because, well, of course I'm in the business, but beyond that, Zeta taught Alpha won the Sprite step competition about three years ago. Sprite had a huge step competition. Uh-huh. Um, it may have been about four or five years ago now, but Zeta taught Alpha won the overall I'm competition. I'm so surprised <laughs> because I tried to teach them a little step when I was in <laughs> California and it was all bad. <laughs> 
all that. They've come a long fun. way, girl. They've come yes, a long way. Apparently yeah. they have. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun teaching them, but yeah. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I think we had a house of a hundred plus girls. It was only two black girls in, in there. Oh, myself wow. yeah. and my big sis, who happened to be the vice president and then the president while we were there. And that literally was it. So was me trying to give them a little bit of rhythm, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you come down south, Divine Nine is very, very deep. Like it's it's huge here. Wow. Very huge. Yeah. So i my eyes were open to like a whole new structure presentation display I mean all of it I love it I love it yeah excellence is what I like to say too just your excellence yeah exactly it's it makes you it the the excellence in and of itself makes you want to join exactly I mean that was I had I went to college I had no interest in a in a sorority zero Mm -hmm. no one in my family had done it I was the first person in my immediate family to even go to college so it was just of no interest I was about, let me get good grades. Let me get a good job. Good grades equals good job. And so that was my thought process. Didn't even think about it. But when I saw these women on this campus, when I tell you it was 15 of them, but they ran this huge yard on the university's campus. Really? I mean, they were just phenomenal. Literally, Maya Angelou said it, phenomenal women. Wow. They were RAs. They were CAs. They were in art society. I mean, they were just everywhere to be so small, such a small group. They were everywhere and making such an impact in the community, tutoring kids, um, helping the elderly. I mean, I, I just everywhere I saw pink and green, pink and green. And I was just like, how do y'all do this? Yeah. But anyway, I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the excellence and I fell in love with just their community service. And I wanted to be a part of that. So that's so beautiful. And the impact that they had on you to just draw you in based off of not just what we see on, you know, Instagram and TV and stuff, but real impact in the community and um, on the campus in just the overall aspect of society. Like that definitely is a, a huge, huge, huge win. Um, but I want, so when I met you in Clubhouse, I think you were talking about your clothing brand and getting started with coaching on that. So can you share the details on how you help people do that and what the program actually entails? Sure. So um, it's kind of two prong, but we have our clothing brand strategy sessions that we offer at our store, mm-hmm. Zeus's Closet here in Atlanta. And so people can come in and we talk to them specifically about their individual brands, what their goals are, what their story is how they want to go about launching their brand. We also give them strategic plans on how to do that without breaking the bank because you don't want to put all of your money into a whole bunch of inventory that may not move. So we talk about testing your market, making sure that it's going to be viable and you can actually make money, you know, out of your, it within your niche. So we have that. And then I also coach, I do, so we do group group coaching underneath that platform, but I also do some individual coaching for people who are in a creative space and helping them grow their brands, Mm -hmm. Um, really staying focused on your email marketing, connecting with people through blogs. You want to make sure people know your story. And so that's kind of where the different businesses come into to play, because even though it's under Zeus's closet, for the most part with the clothing stuff. We also are creating gear within our office space. Like we literally make it here locally. Um, We're embroidering and we do very 
we do the very simple stuff. You know, we do the very business logo on a polo shirt. We do that. But what sets us apart is two things. One, like Sharice, I could actually take a picture of you, digitize that picture and embroider it on a jacket or a shirt or whatever. So that's what sets us apart. And it will look like you. It will look just like you. <laughs> like my cheek is going to be like too high on both sides. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Maybe that's her. Is that the business doula? I don't know. <laughs> okay, no, you will know it's you. And then the second thing is we don't require any minimum. So we will do just one of something. Whereas most companies that embroider want you to get six polo shirts or eight polo shirts. But we really want to support the solopreneur solopreneur as well so if you have a conference that's coming up and you know you want to represent your brand you want to represent your business which is so important and I can get into a whole nother dialogue about that but um, we'll just make you two polo shirts so you have one for Wednesday at that conference and Thursday (laughs) at that conference (laughs) and then you can wear it later you know when you go meet with clients but it's just so important that you present yourself well when you're meeting with people and they remember your branding Um, so that's what we do to help people with that as well Thank you for sharing that because I do have a couple of people who've actually reached out to me um, and clients that I've been helping. They're like, you know, how do I, I, I want to get into the game of starting my own clothing line um, or just being able to have their own logo, their image and stuff on their shirts. So that's going to, I'm sure that's a tip that they're going to love. So let's, let's unpack this. Let's dive into the branding and representing yourself and your business. Like what tips can you share about that for new entrepreneurs? Oh, for sure. So one thing is you definitely, so many times people spend, get stuck on what is my logo going to look like? What is this logo? You know, you can spend months thinking about that. And I know we we see big brands and they put money into marketing and, you know, or market research, but your logo is not really where it is. You can come up with any logo. You do want to keep it simple. A lot of people try to get really complicated. You can't communicate your whole story in your logo. That was me. Just- <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm not doing it anymore, but that was me. But you learn. That's the thing. And that's what I'm here to help too. You know, keep it simple. You think about Coca-Cola. You think about Apple. You think about, look at the big brands and see what they're doing right. They have it. They have the formula. Keep it simple. And then you want to make sure you put that brand on things. Like for instance, our stuff for Greeks brand, you will know you have a stuff for Greeks jacket because we put S4G right inside the inside of the jacket buttons. Okay. So we want people to know you didn't just get your line jacket from whoever. Anybody. You yeah. got it from stuff for Greeks. And I we even had a customer comment on that. He was like, oh, I see your brand on my jacket. I see it. I love it. You, I, I know people know where I got my jacket from. Yeah. So branding is so when you're when you're actually connecting with that brand and you have that label, it's I mean, it's almost the same as like having that Nike logo on your exactly. And and so you have to think about your business the same way. When you go somewhere, you want to present your brand. You want to have it on a shirt or sweatshirt, whatever your look may be. You might not like polo shirts, but put it on a sweatshirt, put it on a jacket, put it on something. Um, if you kind of have like an urban brand or gear put it on a jean jacket. I mean, but you want to represent your brand wherever you go. And it's, so people begin to recognize the logo. They begin to know, okay, that's such and such. But beyond just the physical logo or brand, you also want to know what is your brand story? 
what is your brand's personality and what experience does that brand give people? Mm -hmm. So I know when people come into Zeus's closet, they know that we are a modern, cool, hip brand. Like that's our goal. Our offices, both of our stores are very open and lofty and bright and modern, modern looking desk, modern, you know, modern light fixtures. We want people to have an experience that is unlike any other place they may go to get custom embroidered, screen printed, direct to garment printed gear. We really want people to have an experience that they can enjoy. So we have a futon where people can chill, um, you know, just, you know, just really the whole experience. So you really have to think about what do you want your brand to give to people? So branding and logos, you know, it goes beyond just the logo Mm -hmm. because your brand actually does have a voice or over time, it should establish a voice and a story. So you want to make sure that that's communicated in everything that you do, everything from your packaging to your, you know, just everything. (laughs) You want to make sure it's just intertwined throughout the experience for your customer. How is, how important do you think congruency is to branding as well because you know sometimes we get creative and today we want to use pink and tomorrow it's yellow so how do you think brand recognition has an impact in the brand the overall brand story well you know I don't think it necessarily boils down so much to colors I mean I do think your logo I mean you think about Nike Nike doesn't always put that swoosh in the same color yeah but you recognize that swoosh right Mm -hmm. so I think the consistency comes with one, your logo stays the same. Then you can have a brand redesign. There's nothing wrong with that. Stuff for Greeks literally started off. The words were stuff for Greeks. And then we were like, that's too much to type. So we ended up buying S4G. Um, And that kind of has become our little brand that we put on the jackets, a funky little S4G with a little line underneath. Um, but we've kind of stuck with that. So that goes on everything. It goes on our water bottles. It goes on our pens. It goes on everything that we have with S4G. Zeus's closet is this ZC. Now, mind you, we're a graphic design company. We started off as a graphic design company. I should say that. Mm-hmm. But we did not design our ZC logo, our Zeus's closet logo. We went on like 99 designs or something because uh-huh. we wanted to get an outside perspective just to get a new fresh thought process right and so that logo is on our bags it's on our shirts it's on we have a table that somebody gifted us made out of cement that has this logo on it what? and so it's yeah he just dropped it off one day he was like I just thought y'all's logo looked cool and it would look great in the cement table. <laughs> like, Here okay, you thank you. We'll figure out what to do with it now. <laughs> well, we put it in our cool, beside our cool little futon, you know, so people can sit stuff on. But we, um, it really is important to just make sure your brand is consistent once you decide upon that. And in Zeus's closet, our colors are black, white, and gray. And we try to stick to that. Every now and again, we'll get some you know, different funky color t-shirts to wear with our logo on it for spring or summer, just to mix it up. But for the most part, we wear black when we're there. We wear, you know, we wear our branded gear to work. So we really try to focus on keeping to that brand when it comes to our actual location and everything that we send out. So 
I'm thinking just off the top of my head, you were saying how you use your logo, maybe like put it in on the inside of the jacket or, you know, somewhere else where it's not like the main thing. And I know sometimes a lot of new branding clothing companies try to make their logo the main thing. What's your advice for that? Like, should you focus on creating cool, trendy slogan type stuff? Or should you go ahead and try and establish your logo as like the thing on the shirt or the jacket or the pants or whatever? What like what's your what's been your experience of what works? So I really think it depends on what your brand's about, because a lot of people who are for building newer brands, they are doing the catchy slogans, the unique designs and things like that. I think when you do that, that's wonderful. People are going to resonate with that who are within that, that sphere of yours. So Mm -hmm. for instance, I have this one young lady who has created this brand called pink slip and it's, she just has all these really cool designs, but yeah, her name is in all of the designs, but that's kind of what her customer wants. That's the whole thing. But I have some people who have just catchy phrases that they're doing. And so they may put their brand like down underneath the catchy phrase, or it may be in the label of the shirt, you know, in the tag or um, a custom tag, custom pad print type of thing. So it really kind of depends on what your story is and what your audience is about. And I think that, so you have to kind of look at what your brand your brand's goal is, but that doesn't stop you. If you're doing a really cool design on a shirt, you can incorporate your logo in that design or at least have it on your brand logo on a hang tag or something because you really want to begin to people to connect you with that. They, you want them to know, this is how I can find more of this. They're at this website. You know, this is their Instagram. So you want them to follow you. So you want to make sure that you're communicating where things are coming from. I just had a clothing um, strategy session with a young man yesterday and that's his whole thing. His is packaging. He's like, I I have clientele that I can drop this stuff off to. They'll sell it for me um, or they're buying it and then selling it. But he's like, I don't have anything that people know it's mine. They know it's me. Mm. And so we're looking into actually um, hang tags for him, for his stickers and his um, patches that he's doing, like to put them in a nice little packaging with his logo on it. So people know that it's not just some stickers from a random place. He <laughs> wants to drive them back to him, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So we're working with him on that. That's that's interesting. I never thought about, yeah, you can actually create something that can sell very well, but if you're not driving people back to, you know, your company and how it got started, then it could sell well in all other places on a wholesale basis, but you yourself are not getting the exposure you need. So having that element is so, so important. Mm -hmm. So you guys have been in business for quite some time. I know that it's hard to say like, oh, our success was because of this one thing that we did, but what would you say probably had the most impact on your business growth as a brand? Hmm. the most impact well I think there's definitely a combination of things but with stuff for Greeks I would say it was driven by our consistency and quality because that's what people talked about they talked about 
the quality, the quality, the quality. And we still rest upon that. Like quality is huge for us. There has been times when we've tested new methods of decorating apparel <laughs> that were terrible. And we exit it. I mean, we try it for a little bit, but we exit because we're like, it doesn't meet our quality standards. It doesn't work for us. And that's kind of costly when you've invested in like a printer and paper and transfers and this and that. But if it's just not lending well to the quality standards of your company, we, we X that. With Zeus's closet, I think it's really about, we have this mantra within Zeus's closet is people like to shop with their friends. Mm. So we're very much about connecting with our customer. And that doesn't mean we're going to call you up on the phone and just chat. But what it does mean is when you come into our store, you have our attention. We want to get to know you. You know, do you have kids? Are you married? I mean, it's a natural conversation, but we want to get to know you. And Ethan and I are both really good at that, but we also have trained other team members to be the same way. We also hire people who want to connect with people because it's really important that people want to come back to you when they know those people are really friendly. They are very helpful whenever I go in there. And so I feel like that's been our growth when it comes to that business is people enjoy coming to see us because they know we're going to be helpful and nice. There's been times when people will come see me and ask for something. And I'm like, well, we just can't do that. We don't, we can't embroider on this leather bag because it's too hard. It's going to break our needles and that type of thing. But I will try to give them a solution. Mm. Even if, even if it means me sending them somewhere else, but I feel like that customer will remember, you know what? I couldn't get this done there, but I can get this done there. And they were really nice. They helped me get this project completed. So that to me is what's really important is just being helpful to people, even if you're not the one to help them. So being helpful, being consistent and resting on quality. And it just comes to mind that I know a lot of people are really getting into the space of print on demand, whether it's through Amazon or Printful. Like, how do you maintain those elements when you're working with like a print on demand type company? Oh, Sharice. <laughs> we got to go there. <laughs> so, so this is one thing that I've discovered in 18 years of being in business, and we still struggle with it sometimes. But what we have found is we don't like things that we can't control. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds, that might sound a little cocky and conceited, and I don't mean it like that, but whenever we have rested upon another vendor to provide something for us, you know, providing a blank garment is, it's easy, you know, and if something's wrong with it, you can send it back and they'll exchange it out for you. But when you are printing something or embroidering something, that quality just speaks such volumes for your brand. Yeah. And so recently, I mean, we've done it in the past, but just recently we've cut out some vendors because they're not delivering. And at the end of the day, it makes us look bad. Right, right. So we have said, if, you, if your relationship with us is unreliable, we can't work with you. And we've had to make that decision throughout our business over, over the years when we initially started our business, we didn't know how to embroider. I didn't even know what it was. I was just, I just felt like some older woman made stuff in her house. 
house, <laughs> was sewing stuff in her house. And so that was my vision of embroidery. And I had, and I didn't even know that's what it was called, but I started doing some research and figured it yeah. out. And we started working with this company that was wonderful. They were very helpful to us. And they honestly, they helped us. It was another um, husband and wife couple actually that really helped us get started. But one of the reasons we had to kind of turn off that relationship is because they became so busy with our stuff and their own customers. They could, we couldn't rely on them anymore, Um, but they were super sweet about it and they knew it. We knew it. And they were like, okay, let us show you the way go to this conference, buy a machine, buy these threads, you know? And so they were very, very helpful and in getting us started, but we had to leave that relationship because it became unreliable and it made us look bad as a company. So what kind of qualities do you look for when you're trying to um, like select a vendor or a supplier? You know, what what would you say you look for? Because obviously we are all aware of Alibaba and you know all the places that we can go in China and, and use suppliers. And I have done that with my uh, Amazon and Etsy business. I was selling um, bridal party favors stuff. Uh, okay. Yes. Because <laughs> it was quite a few different items that I was selling at the time. So, and and to me, that was a whole art, just finding the right suppliers, whether they were here in the U.S. or China. Um, what would you say you looked for? Because this is another thing I see, and I haven't purchased it, so I don't know. And maybe you have a good one that you can reference, but there's a lot of people selling vendor lists. Like, how do you even know if the vendor list is good quality? So share your tips on like what you look for in a vendor or supplier. Well, one, I look for established time, time frame. So for most of our vendors where we're getting our blank goods from, they're not new. They're not fly by night. They have been around one particular vendor I use, they have literally bought up other vendors. And with them doing that, honestly, they just get better. They get better reps. They get better. Their systems get better. The technology gets better. So they have it. They're doing a great job. Now, I just had a situation recently where I was working with a vendor. They told me that something was going to take this long and it's stretched out and out and out. And my customer's getting more and more frustrated completely. We completely lost money on the project and I can't work with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So that relationship, the bridge has been burned. We're done. We're breaking up. So a lot of times it's, I, I may try you out, but then mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out and, and I can forgive you maybe once, but in this case, I'm, I'm not doing it. But there have been instances where it's like, okay, I forgive you. We're going to try this again. And then, you know, when you make a mistake with a customer, we are not perfect. We make mistakes. Sometimes we miss delivery deadlines and goals that we set for ourselves. But the goal is to make it right too. Mm -hmm. And when you aren't either willing to admit that you messed up or help out in some way, then it's just not a good, it's just not a good relationship. It's not mutual, you know, so, and I think the one thing too, when you're working with a vendor, manufacturer, whatever the case may be, it has to be mutually beneficial for both parties. And it has to be a give and take, like, it can't just be, well, I'm doing you a favor by doing this. Well, no, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's both, you know, we're both in this together. And yes. I think whenever you're working with anyone, it should be a partnership and it should be looked at like that. And if it's not that way, then it becomes very contentious and it's, it just doesn't make for a good re- working relationship. So you have to reevaluate those things. So you recommend starting with like a small order before? You oh, for sure. Thousands of dollars. Don't, don't spend thousands of dollars if they haven't. If And especially if you have at least talk to some references, mm-hmm. at least, I mean, and like legit references, people that you know have gotten gotten product from them delivered on time or maybe one or two days late. Okay, I get that. But you need to talk to somebody, especially when you're working overseas. I'll be honest. We don't source things from overseas ourselves. We're working with vendors who are doing the sourcing. Again, they've been established a long time. They know where to get get the stuff. It's something I am interested in, though, but I will definitely walk into it with great, great caution because I know people who have gotten taken advantage of. Yeah. Money gone down the drain, stuff not sized properly. It's a lot of things that can go wrong. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important that you do your due diligence, you do your research, because that's where you get burned a lot of times is when you take, you try to skip steps in the process. Um, And I actually talk about that in one of my podcasts when it comes to hiring people for your business. You can't skip steps. When you skip, skip steps, you, you don't make the right hire. You don't pick the right person. And that's the same, even if you're using a service provider, let's say you have a bookkeeper for your business, you have to, you have to follow some steps to make sure you interview that person to make sure they're the right person. You have to talk to their references. All of that plays a part in business success. And I can't say I've always gotten it right at all, but I've learned along the way Mm -hmm. how to do a better job next time and getting it right. So you haven't always gotten it right, which means there's probably some lessons that you've learned. So tell us, what did you think was probably the lesson that you were like, oh my God, (laughs) I can't believe this is happening right now, but I needed this. Yeah. So Sharice, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in, in business is to stick with your core competency. Okay. I think oftentimes we get on this road where we're like, okay, but this can make me money. Mm. This can make money. I can do this and it can make money. But when you step outside, you, you know why you started your business. You know what your core is. Our core is very custom stuff. The one time that we decided, well, it's, it's actually, it actually was more than once. We did it maybe three times, but it was one time where we went big. We went big. It's like, go big or go home. Yeah. We should have went home, <laughs> but <laughs> we should have went home. But we spent about $40,000 creating gear that we thought people would like. Uh But again, our core competency is custom. That means you are telling us what you will like. Yeah. $40,000 down. Luckily, we broke even. Okay. We broke even. (laughs) Okay. But that was not the goal. That's never the goal in business is to break even. You need a profit. You need a return on investment, exactly. the time, the energy, the product. And if I take, think about the time put into it, we actually probably didn't break even. Mm-hmm. So I tell people all the time, you know, your why, you know, your core. Now, does that mean you don't try anything new? No, but you have to run it through the filter of 
is this within my core? So we started off just doing custom jackets, custom jackets. Okay. <laughs> Someone wants custom sweatshirts. Okay. That's within our core. We can do yeah. that. Yes. Someone wants a custom picture frame embroidered can do that. Someone wants a cut. You, you see where I'm going. Yes. Anything custom within our core values for sure. Core competency. I mean, but when somebody's like, can you come to this conference and bring hundreds of products that you've made to sell? No, that's not in my core competency. That's another vendor, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. So I often get people who will ask me, hey, can you come, especially when, with the Greek market, can you guys come and set up a table at our show or at our probate or at this or that? And I'm like, no, I, they can come to the store though and order a custom jacket afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, as much as you hate to say no to money, sometimes you have to say no to money because it's not within your core competency mm-hmm. and you have to know what that is. So knowing your business is important. Knowing what you really are doing in your business is extremely important to make sure that you don't lose money on things that you didn't mean to do anyway, you know, or didn't plan to do anyway. Yeah. Um, wow. I, that, that sounds like it was a lesson you were like, oh, <laughs> $40,000, but at least you probably broke even. So that was a positive. <laughs> um I know that I've uh, done that where I was like, oh, everybody's going to love this. I'm going to design this thing and I'm going to sell it. And and no, okay, I won't say nobody bought it, but it didn't pop the way that I thought. Like I thought it was really going to sell out. Um, I actually, and this was me going outside of the bridal party favor stuff that I was selling. Like I knew, I knew what millennial brides wanted and I was going hard in that space and making some pretty good money. And then Black Panther came out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And oh everybody started making Black Panther t-shirts and slogans and sayings and all that. And I was like, everybody's out here making money. Let me, again, like you started, that I can make money off this. Let me go outside of what I know. I know how to do well and go try something else. And I think I wasted about $1,000. I didn't do a real huge order because I was like, okay, Black Panther's only going to be hot for a little while. So I'm not going to go invest, you know, $10,000 on this. So let's just do a thousand. I think I probably only sold half of that product because I didn't take into account at the same time while I'm thinking, yeah, everybody's uh, making money. Everybody else is thinking everybody else is making money. So we're all flooding the market now with Black Panther products or, you know, a derivative of that and thinking that it's going to work and it, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. And I mean, I think most business owners hit that lesson at some point where you think something's going to be great and you find out that, nope, not so great. Right. Right. I still, I think I still have some of those uh, bags. I did t-shirts and bags. I actually sold out on the t-shirts, but the bags that I created, they didn't go anywhere. I'm pretty sure I have at least a hundred bags in my basement. Oh no. (laughs) Goodwill, here we come. Yes, <laughs> Get you a tax deduction. <laughs> Let's take it to Goodwill. Somebody could use it at the farmer's market or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a nice tote. It's just, I don't think they like the design on the tote. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I mean, but we try things. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying things. It's just, I still think if you try something, you, it should be within your wheelhouse, as they say, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And test it. That's like the first thing you said when we started the podcast. We teach people how to test the market. If you do not go and spend that much money, if you've never te- not even sold one shirt, nothing, right. you even ask anybody if they like this. Like Exactly. No yeah. Vote. I no encourage testing. people to, you know, definitely Instagram is a great place to get feedback on stuff, you know, and that's one thing I really like about it is because you can post a shirt. You can get one thing about Zeus's closet. You can come and get one t-shirt printed, mm-hmm. put it on your, put it on, take a photo, post it, see what people say. Yeah. Did they like it? Did they love it? Do they want it? If they want it, great. I'm taking some pre-orders for this shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I learned, I learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Monica. This has been a great interview. I want you to share, though, before we end, you know, how they can follow you, um, how they can engage and interact further outside of today's podcast. Sure. So I would love for people to follow me on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is at Stitch for Success. And that's stitched with S-T-I-T-C-H-E-D for success. That is actually the name of my podcast. And it's all about business tips. I mean, Sharice and I definitely talked about some of them here. I have so many more. And on the podcast, I speak to other entrepreneurs as well about what they have learned along the way on their journey. And they're entrepreneurs from all walks of life, you know, two years in to 10, 15 years in. So it's a lot of fun. I would love for you to check out the podcast as well. Stitched for Success is on every platform you can think of. And uh, that's about it. And you can email me there too, stitchedforsuccess at gmail.com. And don't Love forget it. to check out Zeus's closet if you want to get some shirts made. Even if it's just one, y'all. I'm I'm over here like, hmm. I actually just got my logo redesigned for the business doula. Okay. And I literally was just thinking this week I should probably get a shirt made. Um, at least so I could do like my videos and stuff, maybe on Instagram or whenever I yeah. don't want to get anything put anything else on <laughs> so I'm gonna be heading over there and checking it out and seeing what I can slap the business doula on <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah check it out and just um there's a way you can either pick a shirt and get your quote with your you can upload your logo um and then we basically get an email and we send your quote back because sometimes people want do want more than one shirt and so they'll mm-hmm. tell us that they want a black shirt and three white shirts and stuff like that but we can give you a quote for it and we make it really easy. Oh, another thing to learn, make it really easy to get your customers money. So you okay. want to be able to have a link or, you know, we send invoices to our clients, especially because a lot of them are business owners. So they need that invoice for their tax records. So we send right. invoices that you can literally click through and just pay. And yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be checking you out um, and get my shirt made and <laughs> If I have some other ideas, I have, I actually am thinking of a client right now. We've been going back and forth with shirt ideas. Okay. And so yeah, I'm going to talk to him and see um, if he wants to test out a couple ideas with you guys as well. So, okay. Yeah, sure. You gave a lot of information that is going to be extremely helpful. Um, at least definitely on my end as well. So <laughs> I appreciate the insight that you shared with us today. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so I normally close out the podcast with a few affirmations. So um, I usually just say them and you can say them or not. It's up to you. Okay. <laughs> I usually give this exclamation, ex- explanation before we start the podcast, but I completely forgot. But anyway, <laughs> we're here now. <laughs> All right. 
All right, Chad, we're going to close out with our affirmations for today. I am wanted. I am wanted. I am loved. I am loved. And I belong. And I belong. All right, my beautiful sisters, that is it for our podcast this week. See you next time.